Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one blow holy minute at a time. One bloody bowl, uh, blowhole minute at a yeah. time. I'm Heidi Bennett. And you can find me at HeidiBennett.com. Hello, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And we are welcoming back for an encore episode, a man skilled in the art of spycraft, whiskey, <laughs> dracar noir, and a perfectly cooked steak, Jonathan <laughs> Howell <laughs> of Minute Impossible. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> back for some fish minutes. Sweet. Mm. So, speaking of fishy minutes, we have some big congratulations to dole out for our big Oscar winners. We've got um, Shape of Water one, which of course includes a fish man and also <laughs> includes our citizen. And mm -hmm. uh, also includes Guillermo del Toro, who I absolutely love and am so excited for him. He's one of my favorite people to listen to, whether he's on a podcast or doing his uh, his uh, commentary for anything or, or just listening to him anywhere. He's so hilarious and I love him and I'm so excited that he won and that that kind of genre won and that our citizen won and... Mm -hmm. Get Out one as well, and Get Get Out has our Hadley. So we got everybody: Fishmans, Citizens, Hadleys, um, Jordan Peele, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm verklempt over here. I'm just like I'm still <laughs> coasting off the high. Did he? Did either of y'all watch it last night? I didn't watch it last night. I actually just saw Shape of the Wa Shape of Water uh, last week, okay. and it was. I was super stoked because I took no I made sure I took notes for this minute on Shape of Water so we could have some very up to date stuff that will already be stale by the time this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. So. Um, so in today's episode, we are covering minute eighty one of the Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Hadley finally gets his merman wish, just not quite under the circumstances he had intended. Yep. Up close and personal with Johnny Merman. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so, well, let's get into it. Let's get into this minute. I mean, really... <sighs> we see yeah, This, this minute has a lot. I wrote in my notes, we see the end of Hadley and the beginning yeah. of the end of Citizen. Yeah. All in one minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it and Lynn too. Yeah, we we pretty much uh, wrapped up the control room in this minute. Since we're yeah. since we're losing Hadley, let's call him by his first name, Steve Hadley. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve, we're gonna miss you. Uh, I love I love his face as this disgusting merman comes toward him. Uh, this merman, for those of you that haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this, but <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, he he's doing he he doesn't have legs. He is a fish man, so he's got like arms, but no legs. But he's got fish body. He's more like a trout man. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, this was something I. The shape of water being in my mind also made me think of this, and I was going to wait until early, later until we talked about more about the merman. But let me ask you this question: How fish does a merman or merwoman have to be? For you 
the panel to be attracted to it. <laughs> this let's go. Let's start with this fish man. This fish man is the Danny DeVito of fishmen. He is. Oh man, he's man. He's, uh, he's a frightening character to see, and. I mean, I was thinking Shape of Water. We've got Doug Jones in this cool, you know, Abe Sapien-esque suit. So mm-hmm. he kind of has human characteristics and big weird eyes, but he is green and has gills, you know. How, or you got Aquaman. You got Jason uh, Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got him as Aquaman. How fishy do you have to be That's for such you guys? A, I love that question. So I think... <laughs> One thing about with the shape of water is that um, Guillermo has talked about how they worked with with the costumers and um, to make sure or the the prosthetic designers to make sure that he had a a very nice butt that that was like a a big part of it. It's true. (laughs) They wanted to make sure that he was a handsome, sexy guy and had a nice a nice behind. So I mean, they did he? Yeah. He had like okay, let me let me go take, check my notes, but I'm take pretty sure his, look. his butt was just like a butt like like butt cheeks. I didn't see like well, I don't know. What else do you need besides the cheeks if you're Depth? gonna be I don't know. <laughs> Well, you need something else. Oh my god. I mean does yeah, does he how yeah, that yeah well, we learned in uh, Shape of Water. This is becoming Shape of Water Minute. We learned in that, that, that for those that haven't seen it, there is um, there is sex, and they yes. do talk. She does use her hands to explain what happens and how he has because he's actually smooth on the front. Right, his... but I don't think that has to do with butt depth. No, like... no, no, no. This is a totally oh, different sh- thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that wasn't a problem either. No. Was... So the unfurling was fine. You you think the butt. No, I'm just saying I'm just talking that that he has a humanish butt. It's 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 um that merman has a, you know, a shapely bottom okay. and um you know, a, a nice face and lips that you can imagine kissing. I mean, this merman, he has almost like shark teeth. <laughs> gross huge you know he does not look kissable in the least so i mean i don't know the difference (laughs) are you (laughs) i mean this is a meet cute between him and hadley that i am not interested in being a part of (laughs) so i guess i guess my answer is um shape of water yay and he looks very iridescent and um yeah more humanish i guess and uh this guy, this merman, is a pass for me. Hard pass. <laughs> Molly, what about you? You know, I, <laughs> what does the, it for the, you when it comes to fish? It's not the. It's not the. The fish dude doesn't do it for me, unfortunately. I think there's just too much fish there. Even though I understand there's like a hot man physique kind of under there, yeah. but I just can't. I don't know. Like the fishness doesn't see. I think you need to kind of have like more of like a traditional merman situation where like the you know, midsection up is like a regular dude. Mm. And then the bottom half is like fish. Cause you can kind of be like, well, I can just ignore the bottom half. Or maybe you like scuttle around the water really well. I don't know. Maybe that's fun, but I can't, <laughs> I really, the full merging of humanity and fishdom as a whole being a la like the Abe Sapien type of deal. Just, I'm just like, 
<laughs> too much too much i mean i think you need to like do a centaur kind of situation so like a oh, centaur okay. i can get behind you know hey, there you we go can, we can <laughs> put that on my tombstone i people. would not get behind a centaur that might be dangerous he could buck <laughs> they've got to be able to see you otherwise you'll spook them yeah no <laughs> gotta roll up on them slow yep so yeah and you know obviously this I mean, this dude's fucking hideous. The the merman. <laughs> this. Well, yes, yes, yes. I'm not saying <laughs> you know? we have to get this guy. This guy was just one at end of it. I was just wondering because it made me start thinking about Splash, <laughs> and I like the and, and the Splash and the Little Mermaid because I think of oh, when she gets out of water, she magically becomes a lady, mm-hmm. and that's like the guys. That's the male gaze. The male gaze is everywhere, and one of them is actually how our mer women are, and it, for the mermen. Like that's why Aquaman's so great because he's just a dude. He's just mm-hmm. a dude that can talk to fish. He has no fish parts that we know mm-hmm. of, that we know of, and that's the that's why I like and that uh, splash for me. Daryl Hannah when I was hmm, probably ten or eleven made me at least go hmm who's this oh mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah she's very attractive and she's not and in my mind I'm like she's no longer a fish. The second she turns back into a fish I'm I'm like I'm good. I'm like you, Molly. I'm like, really? I'm like, mm, nope, I'm good. <laughs> That's the boundary. But I get that because it's fish down there. And then I have questions about anatomy. Oh, there's, right? your, there's the title you know? of your episode. It's fish down there. <laughs> <laughs> because you've touched a fish, right, at some point? <laughs> sure. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, that's... Uh... Not sexually, but Yes. <laughs> <laughs> god. Oh my gosh. I have touched a fish in a platonic relationship with a fish. You know, in a platonic affectionate. Sure. I was affectionate manner. I was happy that I caught it and then I threw it back in the water. See, there you go. I mean, they're just slippery and cold and, and sharp. Know, none of that. All their little and edges, sharp. all their little edges are sharp. Like yeah. their fins are sharp. I always, as as a kid, I was always frightened of grabbing a. We we caught bluegill, and I was scared of grabbing them because if they flip flared their you know back spine, they could cut your hand. Oh wow! So I was always I was I should have just gotten over it. They they really won't hurt you that bad. But as a kid, that did scare me. So right. So then you're also talking about being cut up by touch by touching the merman potentially because of the the fish parts. So, and then there's a smell factor I have to question. Now, I'm not in the, the space with the merman exactly, but you're going to have to be a sensual merman because, like, I'm thinking there's probably some, like, sea smell happening with that, too. You really got to, I don't know, maybe they need, like, a some Drakkar Noir for the merman <laughs> to, to circumvent that. I don't know. <laughs> you but really got to do is get, you got to get underwater. The, if you get the underwater, fish is fresh, fine. if the fish is fresh, I'm I'm game. I'm game. <laughs> You know, I love sashimi. Oh, I'm good to go. So you like your fish raw. (laughs) I mean, so like dude is like fresh from the water. He's not been hanging out on the shore for a while eating a hot dog. He's like fresh out of the water. You got to be in the water with him. Gotcha. 
right. to make that right. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. cool. Well, let's get into this minute. Let's get into... <laughs> what? No. Let's get into it. So you're saying you love how the Hadley's expression, which, which it well, looks he, like he's yeah. like, oh, he says, oh, come on, right? Because like, he knows he because he knows he was <laughs> through karma has said, I never get to see the merman. I've never seen the merman. I picked the merman in the in the betting pool. Never happens. And so his last mid seconds are of the merman rushing toward him, and then the merman like grabs onto his face oh, with man. with I think his face. <laughs> yes, he definitely bite, yeah, definitely. He there's definitely crunching. And then and there's gurgle and there's gurgle. And then there's that great, for lack of a better term, blood splurt, blood oh, yeah. spurt mm. out of his blowhole, which is. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it, too. It's gross. <laughs> and it makes me think, did he breathe in the blood? I mean, yeah. normally, like whales don't eat krill and then shoot the krill out of their blowhole. Right, right. Well, obviously, it's just really, you know, as far as making this film, it's a really fun, dramatic detail. But yeah, yeah, I think I feel like he's just sucking, sucking meat, you know, and just like sucking at such a munching at such a a, uh, ferociousness that that blood is just flowing through the back. But yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a great payoff. I read that I read that they I read that this they only used the last 10 seconds of that. And that blood spurt went on for minutes. Yes. When they shot it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And that makes me laugh. Just thinking I I wish I'm sure that Joss Whedon at some point cut it to where that blood just keeps coming out. And it's just Citizen just going, oh, 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 just watching (laughs) like just uh, just copious amounts of blood just shooting out of this animal. But, yeah, well, you know. they mentioned that Drew Goddard really loves blood. So, you know, he, yeah, they make, they let this go and there's behind the scenes, you know, um, and uh, the cut scenes, they show it just going and going and going and going and spurting and then sputtering out and then spurting again. So, uh, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a pretty fun gif. I don't know. Maybe Molly will make a nice gif, a nice blowhole spurt gif for us when we, <laughs> this episode releases. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm on it. Um, and then um, one of the behind the scenes videos that I watched of this, David Leroy Anderson of AFX Studio, he's the one who actually came up with the idea for the blowhole of blood. And so there's some really cool, we'll post the video of it, but there's some really cool footage of them helping out to put this like big, huge PVC tube in the, the back of the neck of the, uh, the costume that, you know, feeds through the blowhole to like blow all that fake blood out of maze balls. It looks really cool. And I love that the note, the, the blowhole kind of looks like nostrils mm-hmm. instead of like a, totally. instead of like a, you know, like a whale's hole. It looks like nostrils, which I love because it's more of, it's more human. It's more of a man. So he's yeah. got, he doesn't have nostrils. If you look at his face, he doesn't have nostrils on his face. Those nostrils, like those like uh, Voldemort style, right? You know, <laughs> nasal passages are on his back, and so great, great piece of effects work, practical effect, looks great. Nice. Always a fan. One other thing I noticed, and I, and you guys might know this more because you've been watching this every minute. There's so many aliens references in this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie yep. lo- likes to make a lot of them, and I'm one. And have you ever talked about whether Hadley's name came from uh, the name of the terraforming colony in Aliens, which is Hadley's Hope? 
You know, oh. I had it as a note and it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. So in my notebook that I sometimes oh. lose for days at a time, it does say that. But I, I've never mentioned it on the podcast. So oh. I'm glad you well, brought that up. Well, mm-hmm. uh, since we're saying goodbye to Hadley, yes. uh, he is he is yet another nod to Alien. Yes. Hadley's, so that's cool. Hadley's hopeless. Excuse me. Aliens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then Sitterson and Lynn, they're seeing this happen, and they're also simu- they're simultaneously kind of, you know, taking in the emotion of what's going on to Hadley, and then they're trying to break through this, um, what do you call this hatch, like a escape hatch. Yeah, just an escape. The- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a cool technical, tech, tech, techie sca- escape hatch. Obviously, it's supposed to be so the monsters can't follow them because it's all like coded and things. It's not just a twisty, you know, like a porthole, like a, right, a, right. Like a submarine yeah. hatch. <laughs> it's like a in, safety, in movies, a in normal hatch. movies, that was what it would be. It would just be like a thing that you could turn, and that would be the problem because some monster could walk up and turn it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this yeah. this makes sense. I love that they're still so cutthroat, even though they are hospitable to each other. Citizen at no point is like, I'm going to go help Hadley. Nope. Nope. He's, he's continuing on. And also when Lynn goes bye-bye, he's also just like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. it, I love that it's still the ruthlessness of the movie mm-hmm. is that these people are, are terrible people. They may have normal lives, but and they may be normal in their mind. They're terrible people because they do this to people all the time or however often they need to do this. So I love that they they keep that going. I love that there's no no love lost when someone's gone. There's no uh, mourning the person who's gone. They're just gone. Just move on. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that they do watch this whole thing go down with Hadley. And you're right that no point do they like run over because Hadley's been. I mean, he's not been knocked out, but he's been thrown clear across the room. So he's not okay. Right. He got like a and grenade they don't... or something that hit him. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Lynn doesn't run over because what is Lynn doing during this time? It's it's Sitterson who's trying to break open the hatch. She's just chilling next to him. Mm-hmm. She's not helping and doing anything. So she doesn't actually run up to him and be like, hey, you know, I've noticed that the merman isn't moving too fucking fast. Right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you want to help out and kind of get him out of the way. Because they do I have, I mean, know. we know they have weapons in that in that control room, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing they didn't, like, shoot it or stab it or something. Oh, well. No, no, they're just, you know, let them get eat. Yeah, well, it's also great for us as the viewer because we all love watching bad guys get eaten. <laughs> yeah, that's Or that's good guys. True. We've had a, yeah, we've had a, a succession of that. So, yeah, and, you know, Lynn gets hers here in the second with a, uh, and so we can't say specifically what it is, but we do see a rather abundantly large tentacle break through the ceiling curl around her and snatch her and take her back up through the hole that it made. And then eat her. There's a crunch. No. Yeah. yeah. She screams. She goes, ah, and then you hear. And then she stops screaming. So you guys were saying maybe it's a Kraken off off mic. I kind of like that. That sounds like a Kraken type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're mean. (laughs) They're mean. You know, they're mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel like it's pretty seamless um effects wise to her getting pulled up like that i don't see anything 
real digitally. You know, it looks looks nice. I think the yeah, I the, think she was practically pulled the, up through that. Yeah, hole in, I think you're right. She was actually. Yeah. Oh yeah? yeah, she was. Yeah, they uh, they put her on wires and they yanked her up. That's cool. So they yeah they digitized around her. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, so then um, um, do do we have anything else to say before we say goodbye to, to Lynn, to our beautiful Lynn? I really like her, Amy Acker, the actress who plays her on The Gifted, if you guys haven't mm-hmm. talked about that show yet. Oh. Uh, she's the mom on The Gifted and uh, on Fox, the, the mutant show, and I, I really like her a lot. Yeah, I've, I saw the first episode. I haven't um, delved. I'm a little bit backed up on... on you know, there's so many things to watch. There are so <laughs> many things to watch. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I like her as well. We're 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 all fans of yep. Amy Acker here. Mm-hmm. True story. So farewell, Lynn. See you, Lynn. Um, Moving see on. See you, Lynn. Yep. And Peace be with you. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Sitterson, I really love the way he. So he looks. He looks around. Boop. He pops right down into that that hole yep into the hatch uh, and starts running there he goes he's down and in um yeah it almost looks like uh, castle walls down here i think with these yeah uh, it's uh but it's seconds later when he runs into um literally yep literally (laughs) runs into dana runs into dana she still has that trowel in hand let's talk about this did Dana mean to stab Sitterson? Or was she running with it in front of her and he ran into it? I, I believe the, the latter. I believe she had it out in front of her, so he just ran into it and it wasn't what she was trying to do. What did you think, Molly? That's really interesting. I, I don't... I thought that she, out of anxiety, stabbed him. Oh, just the sound coming? Yeah, that he basically popped out and she like ended up. I it was somewhat accidental, but I think she she did it. My my intention or not my intention. My my thought was that he didn't run into it, and why I think he didn't run into it because like the force of that is hard for me to to believe. Yeah, cause she has her hands up above it. She's not holding mm-hmm. it. If she if she held the knife at her like where you hold a knife like at your side or like maybe a little in front of you, it would have hit him in the groin because Citizen's like six foot three. She hits mm-hmm. him right in the gut, right in the center mass. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. holding it overhanded with both hands. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. feels like, I don't know. If she, I don't know if she seems kind of stabby. So, yeah, but I don't, yeah, I agree. It might be unintentional. And she was trying to stab a monster. Obviously, if she'd known it was a human, she probably a human. She's never met. She probably wouldn't have killed him. That's what I think, too. I think she got surprised, and I think she reacted, right. and she stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. That that totally works for me. Yeah. Still works. And I love that he, he gets stabbed, and he is still the on on target to get his to get this job done. For, he says to her, he's mm. like, it's you. And then he says, please, kill him. And <laughs> he's talking about Marty. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know his as he's dying, he's he understands now that she got him out and that Marty's alive, and he, he still wants her to do it. So he's doing yeah. the same thing that later on the uh, the bo- the big boss is gonna the director is going to mm-hmm. ask also. You mm-hmm. you have to kill him to save the world. Mm. 
Yeah. I love this minute. I, I, I think this is just a perfect, of all the minutes we've had, I'm so glad you're here for this. This is just the most perfect minute to me. Like, it just tells a story encapsulated in the minute. I think it's just genius. It's one of those things for me where this minute is why minute-by-minute podcasts work. Because mm. this minute has all these great questions. Will I have sex with a person? Will I? <laughs> <laughs> what is that creature? Is it a kraken? She's great on this show. You know, all these characters are dying, and they're still staying true to their character. I love these minutes. I love a minute like this because it's one of those ones where you can really, you can just look this stuff up and just have the best time trying to figure out what their intention was, what the character's intention was. Is it overanalyzing? Of course it is. That's what we do. We we (laughs) overanalyze movies and we love it. Uh, And I think that this minute is one of the ones, there's probably like three or four in every movie that are perfect minutes. I think this is one of them. That's why I asked for the mm-hmm. merman. I didn't even remember that Citizen gets it in, in the same minute. It's just the way it cut off, cut up that I, I got that minute. So that's just luck. So yay. Mm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. It is. It's a great minute. Yeah. I, I love the ending of this, the, the cliffhangerness of it, of like, you know, please, 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 please kill him. Oh my God. <laughs> I, mean, just, and, I mean, he could have said, know, help and, me. And he doesn't. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. Because he, you know, the world's at stake. So, you know, even with a, a trowel in the gut, he's like, you know, gotta, gotta close the mission here. Agreed. Agreed. It's a beauty. Anything else to say about this? I mean, we kind of feel like we sort of breeze through it, but it's really, it, it's all the things that we just said. It's quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Had no idea when Jonathan requested the mer minute that all of this stuff was going to be in this minute and it is really chock full of of good stuff um i i just had one little tidbit of info and this is applicable to the batman uh, movies by minute folks but uh the fx costume shop that these guys used warners had built a full-fledged makeup fx costume shop for batman and it had everything and they ended up actually using that shop for their their building for this movie. That's so cool. Very so cool. they used the the, yeah. the building of the props or they used the building for the building of the that they're in. Building of the props. Okay. That's cool. Well, I mean all the we talked about this before, all the props and costumes are insane. I mean, they're so well done and for a a horror movie buff this movie doesn't actually call out any horror movies specifically, but there's so many things that are so close, like, like the, like almost Cenobites and all these different things you say, you're just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so great. It's just eye candy. And that's, that's, that's one of the things I I like about a good director can put in things that have nothing to do really with the movie. It's not moving it forward, but it's just something for everyone else to, to go back and watch when you watch it on uh, DVD or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of rewatchability and and it and just evoking or kind of touching on those different horror movie tropes or creatures that you like. Like you said, it just it just makes you want to talk about it and uh, kind of talk about mermen and and uh, minotaurs and <laughs> and krakens and all sorts of fun stuff and and why not? You know, that makes for for fun podcasting for sure. It does. <laughs> well, shall we move on to our Friday recommendations, all y'all? Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, Jonathan, what did you bring for us today? 
Today, my Friday recommendation is another podcast. It is a podcast. Let me know if you've uh, watched or listened to it. Uh, it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> I've heard of it. If you are not listening to it, to it, oh my God, you have to. Uh, this uh, a guy and his two friends in England, his father wrote some self-published smut. And he got a copy of it, and he started reading it, and he started reading it on the podcast, and it became huge. They've now played Albert Hall. They're now playing all over the world in different places. They are on tour right now. I'm actually going to see them in two days as this records awesome. in here in Chicago. They, they read from the book. They read excerpts from the book. And not excerpts. He reads the, every chapter. Every chapter is an is a, uh, episode. And he and his two friends... And it is hilarious. If you've ever wanted to hear badly written pornography, go listen to this. <laughs> I have been I have been making the weirdest noises, the most blubbery, like trying to hold in laughter on the L as I'm going to work, listening to this <laughs> dirty podcast. And I'm just laughing because I mean everything from Everything from the type of undergarments that this gentleman, uh, he, he, he doesn't even call him by his real name. His pseudonym is Rocky Flintstone, and Rocky Flintstone writes this book, they're, and they're called Belinda Blinks. That's the name of the series. Belinda is our heroine in this, in this movie, wow. in this book, and it's hilarious. It's fantastic. You have, to, you have to listen at least. Let's listen to a couple episodes. It can't steer you wrong. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. That's that is a really good one. And yeah, I'd heard of it, but I've never listened. So this is definitely uh, put it on. Oh, the and list famous material. people have been on it now. Uh, uh, sorry to jump in. Yeah, no, famous fun. people have come on. Uh, Elijah Wood. All these different people have become fans of this and are en- enchanted by these stories because <laughs> they're so horrible. They've said if they ever did a movie, Elijah Wood's like, I'll be in the movie. <laughs> you know, it, it's hilarious. Wow. It's, it, it's so fun. And they're so much fun. So, yes, my dad wrote a porno. Have fun looking that up at work. Cool. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Well, I'm actually going to just bow out for recommendations tonight just so we can kind of keep the timing tight. But, Molly, what do you Uh, have for us? Why don't you go ahead and uh, give us something Well, I've checked out Easy on Netflix. And so it's... If you need to uh, see some like truth, some soothsaying around middle-aged sex, it is easy. It also takes place in Chicago, so shout out to Jonathan. And it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of like an, it feels like an HBO bedtime, late at night sort of series, but it's, it's really hilarious. It's got some just wonderful little vignettes about romance and relationships and they're cute, tight little episodes. And so, you know, one episode is a married couple who's got kids. It's on Halloween. They're trying to spice stuff up. It's not a linear storytelling. So it's like people who are tangential in the lives of these characters. So it's like the babysitter for that couple has an episode and there's a Mark Marin is in it. And so he has a little vignette and uh, Emily Ratajkowski is in it. And so you have all these cute little vignettes around satellite people who get into very interesting little relationships. 
And so it's, I mean, it's imminently bingeable. You can, you know, pull two, three, four off in, in just a short amount of time. And it's just, it's delightful and insightful and very adult. So it's, it's sexy, but it's very, very human. And there's a variety of types of relationships. And it's, it's just very cool to be able to see the variety for one and to see it handled in, in a very mature and lighthearted and very interesting fashion. So easy on Netflix. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Some very sexy oh. mm-hmm. recommendations. Mine is, mine is not sexy, but yes, <laughs> yes. It does involve sex. <laughs> this has been the sexy fish episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of sexy fishes, no, that, that's no segue that works. But um, if you can make it work, it bonus points. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, where can we, uh, where can people um, find you and and you can listen to my sexy fish bits over on the Minute Impossible podcast. <laughs> we investigate the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. We are as this will be coming out. We will probably be in the fifties or sixties of ours halfway through the first movie with my host uh, Chris Ramirez. He and I and a, a ton of guests. Heidi, you've been on. Molly, we'll get you on someday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, <laughs> you can listen. In. We, we love talking about technology and this movie and how it's aged well or how it hasn't aged well. And you can talk to us there. Uh, excuse me. You can talk to us on our Facebook group at the Impossible Minute Force. You can join that and talk to us. And you can also talk to us on Twitter at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible. And you can always download us from iTunes and everywhere else. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Well, thank you for coming back. Thanks for, you know, shouting out and requesting the minute you wanted. And I'm glad I'm so you're glad able you did to too. Give yeah, I was totally stoked. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And you can find us at cabinminutecast.com, of course. And uh, anything else, Molly? Well, I just want to say thank you again to Jonathan. Uh, some of my very favorite episodes where I, I laughed my ass off, even, even in editing, uh, came from the ones that you were on before. And I have no doubt that I will once again be laughing my ass off as I edit this episode. So I wanted to thank you again, Jonathan Howell, for just making great podcast gold and being entertaining as shit and coming back around. And thank you guys for tuning in to episode 81. And we will see you back at the cabin. 